Welcome to the September Pensions Podcast from the Stimson Harwood Pensions Law Team. You can subscribe and listen on iTunes and Stitcher or by visiting our website at www.shlegal.com. I'm Mark Catchpole, a partner in the pensions team, and I have with me Katie Whitford, an associate in the team. Today, the topics we are going to look at include a couple of pensions ombudsman decisions and changes to the pensions ombudsman jurisdiction. Firstly, however, we will look at new draft regulations that trustees should be aware of. Thanks, Mark. As a recap, the Competition and Markets Authority introduced the Investment Consultancy and Fiduciary Management Market Investigation Order 2019 in June of this year. This order was introduced as part of a number of reforms to the investment consultancy and fiduciary management sector after the CMA found competition problems. The DWP has now launched a, a consultation on draft amending regulations that will integrate this order into existing pensions law and change the way trustees are required to manage their relationships with their investment consultants and fiduciary managers. Broadly speaking, the Occupational Pension Schemes Governance and Registration Amendment Regulations 2019 in their current form, would impose a number of new requirements on trustees. With effect from 6th of April 2020, trustees must carry out a qualifying tender process before either appointing a new fiduciary manager to manage 20% or more of the scheme's manageable assets, or increasing the amount of manageable assets managed by an existing fiduciary manager to 20% or more. This would require trustees to obtain bids from at least three unconnected fiduciary managers. For schemes which before 6th of April 2020 have a fiduciary manager in place who manages 20% or more of the scheme's manageable assets and who was appointed without a tender, the trustees must carry out a qualifying tender process before the end of five years from the date the fiduciary manager arrangement commenced. If that five-year period expires before the end of the 9th of June 2021, the date for compliance is the 9th of June 2021. Trustees will also be required to set objectives for their investment consultant providers in respect of the activities the providers carry out. These objectives must normally have regard to the scheme's statement of investment principles and must be reviewed and, if appropriate, revised at least every three years. In addition, trustees must review the provider's performance against the objectives at least every 12 months. The pensions regulator will be tasked with ensuring compliance with the new requirements. Trustees will be required to report compliance to the regulator on an annual basis using the scheme return process. The DWP intends to lay the final regulations before Parliament in December 2019 or January 2020. The regulations are expected to come into force with effect from the 6th of April 2020. However, as things stand, the relevant provisions in the CMA order will come into force on the 10th of December 2019. The order is binding legislation and trustees should therefore look to ensure that they are compliant by this earlier date in order to avoid any potential CMA enforcement action. The regulator is separately consulting on four guides designed to support trustees in meeting the new requirements. Thanks, Katie. For our next topic, we are looking at a recent pensions ombudsman determination which considered a complaint from a member known as Mr S that he was entitled to an unreduced pension from age 60 in respect of transferred in service. Mr S was provided with an inaccurate statement containing an early retirement estimate and early retirement factors. The estimate understated the reduction in respect of his entitlement transferred from a previous employer's scheme into the current pension scheme. Mr S argued that he had based his decision to resign on this information and that his transferred in benefit should have been available unreduced from age 60. 
the complaint was rejected by the Ombudsman because the rules of the past and current scheme did not allow for Mr S to retire on an unreduced pension age 60. Early retirement was subject to company consent and there were different rules for deferred members. The Ombudsman also concluded that Mr S was not missold the opportunity to transfer as mis-selling involved receiving unsuitable advice, unexplained risks or not receiving necessary information to make a decision. The information provided to Mr S did not indicate that this was the case. The Ombudsman also concluded that the £500 already offered by the trustees for the distress and inconvenience caused by providing the misleading information was appropriate compensation and he therefore made no further award. The determination once again underlies the importance of ensuring that member communications as to the terms of a transfer into a pension scheme, together with any benefit quotations provided, are completely clear. Our next topic looks at changes to the jurisdiction of the Pensions Ombudsman. The DWP has released its consultation response, highlighting two notable developments for pensions industry stakeholders. First, the DWP will propose legislation to enable employers to bring maladministration complaints or disputes of law about group personal pension plans to the Ombudsman. To deal with the potential for overlap with the Financial Ombudsman's existing jurisdiction over such plans, there will be signposting from the Pensions Ombudsman and the Financial Ombudsman in line with those bodies' existing Memorandum of Understanding to help direct complainants to the most appropriate body. Second, the DWP clarifies its views as to how the Ombudsman's early resolution service should operate and how it should interact with an occupational pension scheme's statutory internal dispute resolution procedure. The DWP considers that the early resolution service would be a useful route for less complex disputes. The outcome of an early resolution process would not be binding on the parties, though the parties would be free to enter into their own enforceable settlement agreement if they wished. If a settlement is not reached, the parties would still have access to a formal Pensions Ombudsman investigation and determination process. Our final topic is a Pensions Ombudsman case which was unusually brought by an employer as opposed to an individual. The employer sought to argue that a 20% discontinuance charge, which the scheme provider would impose if investment services were moved elsewhere, was excessive and disproportionate. The employer maintained that it had never made, been made aware that such a charge could be imposed. Further, if such a charge were imposed, it should be based on the provider's legitimately incurred costs, rather than calculated according to actuarial discretion. In dismissing the employer's complaint, the Deputy Ombudsman noted that the policy documents had set the basis on which the charges would be calculated, and conferred a discretion on the actuary as to how to calculate such charges. The Ombudsman also noted that, by levying the 20% discontinuance charge, the provider was attempting to recover costs incurred which would otherwise have been recovered had it continued to provide the services to the scheme. It was not, therefore, seeking to impose a penalty or for early discontinuance. The case is interesting in that it is not a classic member complaint, but instead a complaint brought by a corporate entity against the provider of services. It serves to highlight the ever-changing role of the Ombudsman, and it will be interesting to see if further cases of this nature are brought to the Ombudsman's attention in the future. That's all for this month's podcast. Further details on all of the subjects discussed can be found in the September snapshot and from your usual Stevenson Harwood Pensions Law Team contact. Thanks for listening. We hope you found the podcast informative, and don't forget that you can listen again and subscribe to the series on iTunes, Stitcher, or on the Stevenson Harwood website. Mm-hmm.